Hey, hey, everybody, this is Tim Gillette, and we are live with another Tim Gillette show. I know, the show's named after me, but it isn't about me. It's about some of the coolest people on the planet. These people are world changers. They're actually doing things. They're out there in the world making an impact, just like you are. Guess what? They've struggled just like you struggled. They've had highs and lows just like you. So we bring them on here to let them hear their story, tell it to you. You can hear it and realize some, in some cases going, oh my God, I'm normal. In some cases going, that inspires me. I hope today's guest is one of those ones that inspires you. Dr. Debbie Silver. I don't even know this lady other than I had a few seconds to talk in the chat before we went live. I'm going to get to know her live on air, just like you at the same time. So let's bring her up here and see where she is at. Dr. Debbie, how are you? I'm doing great. So looking forward to our conversation. Now, yeah, now, now uh, you know, I mean, you you actually have the 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 or or orchard of trees behind you. Now, that, that is that the wall plat paper you went for? the cherry blossoms. But you know what? It is. It's a real uh, picture. I can't do the virtual backgrounds in the world of trust and betrayal, which is what I do. I don't yeah. want anybody thinking I'm pulling a fast one on them. So yeah. it's too. It's I, well, no. Debbie, I'm the same way. I can't stand those virtual backgrounds. And I have a lot of clients who use them because we teach people broadcasting. And you watch them, they go like this. Yeah. And you just watch the, I, I just mm -hmm. don't like them. Um, and I wanted to set something up. So, and I've always been conscious, like way before live streaming was out, I was conscious about my studio and what was behind me. Right. You know what I mean? You look at my older videos, you got the back of my living room and from here up, like the couch was at this level behind me and the bookcase was behind it. You never saw the dirty laundry on the floor. Perfect. <laughs> you don't see what's going on around me either. You just no, see the no. cherry blossoms. We're all good. I, I do put pants on now. <laughs> I know during the pandemic, we didn't have to for a long time, but I do. I do put pants on anyway. So Debbie, where are you? Where, where do you live? What part of the country? Uh, I'm in New York and San Diego, bi-coastal. I go back and forth. Three out of my four kids live there. So there's no way mom is staying away. So, so, so uh, you know what I mean? If you had any other store states other than California and New York, I wouldn't say this, but since you're those two, I'm like, oh, so you're bipolar, huh? Bipolar and bicoastal. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> uh, now, you folks who live in California, New York, I am not picking on your states on purpose. <laughs> kind of. I, so, uh, we're in New York, uh, Long Island. Long Island. Okay. So, yeah. So, I grew up in the Poconos. Oh, okay. Yeah. So my family, uh, you go back in my family history on my mother's side is the founders of the Poconos. That's amazing. And a million years ago, my cousins uh, and my family shared a house in the Poconos by Tanglewood. Tanglewood, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 Oh, great memories from that place. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, we, my, my mom sold her house about three years ago that my dad built in the 1980s, uh -huh. backside of Camelback Mountain. Oh, okay. Yeah. What yeah. a great place. Beautiful deer walking around. Uh -huh. Just a beautiful place. That's like, yeah, that's the one thing my mom hated about leaving. I mean, she had an acre and a half of land and she was a single lady in her seventies. It's like not good for that, but still it was like, she'd get up every morning and she could watch the foxes run, yep. the deer, the rabbits. It's like everything just was out there and, and, and for you to be able to see out there. And I love that too about yeah. Pocono. So nature, just beautiful. Yeah. First yeah. learned how to pick blueberries out there. <laughs> I did too. Blueberries, <laughs> black raspberries, strawberries. Yeah. Sure. No, no wild ones. We had wild ones. Mm -hmm. up yeah. The good stuff. Yeah. yeah. 
So, uh, so then you go to San Diego. So uh, you have offices in both places or just homes in both places? Homes in both. Yeah. So it's, uh, I would just bounce back and forth, plunk myself down. And as long as I have my laptop, I'm in business. I, I run the PBT post betrayal transformation Institute, but we've been, uh, since for the last year, completely online. So, uh, by the computer, I'm good to go. Cool. So, so yeah, is, is it, it, it now your business now, is that, is that a counseling business or is it consulting or explain it to us a little bit? Yeah, it's actually, it's based on, I, I did, and I can get into the whole backstory, but but I did a PhD study on, uh, it was in, the PhD was in transpersonal psychology, psychology of transformation and human potential, because I was changing so much after a horrible, two horrible betrayals, my family and then my husband. Uh, and I, I just needed to understand this and, and I need to understand how the mind works, why we do these things. Anyway, mm -hmm. did the study, that study led to three groundbreaking discoveries and, um, I came at one of them was that there are these five stages we go through. If we fully heal, put that into a program, it blew up. And then I, I needed to leverage myself. And I was like, okay, well, how do I do that? Created a coaching certification for coaches, doctors, healers that blew up. And I said, okay, well, what would happen if we put everything that works under one roof mm -hmm. uh, and leave out everything that doesn't. And that's become the PBT Institute. So there's nothing like it that exists. That is, that is unique now. Yeah. And, yeah. and when I find that, again, that's what I find in most of the people I interview on the show, Debbie, is uh, they are. There's somebody who just, you know, we, we've got to fix this niche in the world. Mm -hmm. All right. And, uh, you know, how do we simplify it? Because like last thing I need to do is to be the complications of making this all work. Yeah. How do I make a streamline and get to helping people? And that's, that's it. I, yeah. That's yeah, exactly what is, we are. It's really, this is, these are the training wheels until you don't, you don't need it anymore. But we have live daily classes with certified coaches, our programs are the right type of support. It's, mm -hmm. it's really what the research proved we, we need mm -hmm. uh, and people just get their job done and move along. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so you said you, I mean, you got this, you got this because of problems you had in your own life. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, are you willing to go into those or you oh, want to just highlight a little bit about them? Yeah, sure. No problem. This is actually my 30th year in business, health mindset, personal development. And as okay. my life would morph and change, so would business. And then uh, and then it was this betrayal from my family. And I thought I did the work to heal, but clearly there was more to learn. Uh, a couple of years later, it was my husband. Um, so got him out of the house. And I was like, wow, this is, you know, what's, what's common to these two experiences. And I realized I never really took my needs seriously. It was always about everybody else. So here I was, four kids, six dogs, a thriving business. I was like, going back for this PhD. I had no idea how I was going to do it, how I was going to pay for it, but mm -hmm. I felt so called to do it. Mm -hmm. And that very big decision for me uh, was a game changer. When these three discoveries were made, it was like, well, how do you go back to business as usual? I mean, you know, th this is change. It's it's like life changing for, for certainly for me and for so many others. So um you know, I, it just, it started this entirely new business brand life self. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and, you know I, I do find that most of the times that comes out in this world is most people are trying to fix a problem they have. Mm -hmm. And then they're shocked to go, oh my God, you have that problem too? <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember going through it saying, you know, if I could, the injustice was so big. Integrity is, is like, I value that more than anything. Mm -hmm. And, and it was so huge. There wasn't a cell of me that was okay with betrayal. And I remember going through the healing and I said, okay, if I heal from this, I'm taking everybody with me. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, that was it. Wow. Wow. So, I mean, how many, how many people have gone through your programs in 30 years? Do you have, a, yeah. you have an about number or? You, it's uh, in the 30 years, it's thousands and thousands. But wow. with this, since this betrayal 
uh, new chapter. It's it's really, I mean, the numbers are growing steadily. We have we've had easily over twenty five thousand people who've taken our post betrayal syndrome quiz mm-hmm. to see to what extent they're struggling. That was actually one of the discoveries that mm-hmm. there's this collection of symptoms, physical, mental, and emotional, so common to betrayal. It's known as post betrayal syndrome. What's so interesting on the on the quiz is we've all heard time heals all wounds. I have the proof when it comes to betrayal. That's not true. Yeah. Because people write things like, my betrayal happened. There, there's a question that says, is there anything else you'd like to share? And uh, people write things like, my betrayal happened 40 years ago, and I wow. can still feel the hate. My betrayal happened 35 years ago. I'm unwilling to trust. My betrayal happened 10 years ago. Feels like it happened yesterday. So we know betrayal is a very different type of trauma that does not heal like other things. It needs a very specific protocol. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can tell you, I, I can probably list the stuff that happened to me 45 plus years ago. You, you're mm-hmm. right. Uh, it, it's still it's still there. All right. And uh, I mean, uh, I had to learn to be forgiving. And even some days when mom brings it up again, uh, coffee, I still talk about. It. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know what? Actually, that was that's about one of the other discoveries that at first I was setting something called post-traumatic growth. And, and post-traumatic growth is sort of like the upside yeah. of a trauma, how any trauma death of a loved one, disease, natural disaster, leaves you with a new awareness, perspective, insight you didn't have. Wow. And I was like, yes, I that's I get that. I've been through death of a loved one. I've been through disease. And I was like, betrayal feels very different, but I didn't want to assume. So I asked all my study participants and I said, if you've been through other traumas besides betrayal, does it feel different for you? Hands down unanimously, they said, oh my gosh, it's so different. Here's yeah. why. When you lose someone you love, let's just say, you grieve, you're sad, you mourn the loss. You don't necessarily take it personally. Yeah. Because betrayal feels so intentional, we take it so personally. So the whole self has to be rebuilt. Rejection, abandonment, confidence, worthiness, belonging, trust. So when you rebuild all that, uh, I coined a new term, which is called post-betrayal transformation. That is the complete and total rebuild after your situation and of you after an experience with betrayal. Wow. So, uh, you know, and you've been doing this for 30 years. All right. Was this your first career or were you doing something beforehand and went, you know, and this evolved into this? Yeah, no, I, I've been in business for 30 years. It started in, in health. I was a holistic dietitian, master's in nutrition, personal trainer. And then it was, I had a lot of clients coming to me with stress related symptoms and illnesses and issues. And so I became a whole health coach and then a functional diagnostic nutritionist. So I could test people for stress related, you know, issues and symptoms. And then the trauma. Uh, mm-hmm. happened to me. And that's when I went back for the PhD. And so, you know, I, I took along with me the health, the mindset, the personal development, the, you know, everything that was working in all of those other careers. And and we use it within the PBT Institute and even our certified coaches. They're coming in with 10, 20, 30 years of trauma, chronic pain, North, and then they specialize in really cool things like narcissism, reconciliation, mm-hmm. addiction, you know, and the whole idea is anybody coming in finds who they need to work with and gets their job done. Cool, cool. So, I mean, and and uh, when you were younger, I mean, did you think this is where you're going to go in health? Or, you know, <laughs> as a kid, did you want to yeah. be, uh, you know, Wonder Woman? <laughs> yeah, Wonder Woman. Mm, uh, cool outfit, though. Uh, I mean, I started actually, I had a, a double major in TV production, broadcast journalism and minor in speech. I thought I was going to be sort of a producer behind the scenes doing all kinds of TV work. And I'll never forget how I really, I mean, I was working in that business and my last semester of school, I didn't have any classes. It was just because I was in New York, it was all projects in New York city and on long Island. And, and it was, it was an amazing experience 
got into that field and I realized like, here I am sitting in these edit rooms till like four in the morning, just so the credits roll and you see, and you see my name. And I was like, what, what am I doing? It didn't feel rewarding for me, yeah. for other people, very rewarding. And I realized, you know, I want to help people. That's really it. And I had no background in health at the time. Uh, so that sparked just really, I was like, okay, I want to help people. And I um, started a business as I became certified as a personal trainer while I was going to school for this dual MSRD, you know, master's in nutrition, a registered dietitian, that business took off. And it took off because um, I I remember giving away two sessions at a goods and services auction at a nearby temple. There was a whole thing going on. Gave away two, two sessions. The person who was bidding, the person who won never called. The runner up, I wound up seeing three times a week for 10 years. Wow. And it just, that was the beginning of my whole business. Wow. Uh, you know, and, and most people would not think to give away something at a charity event like that. And that, that was the foundation, you know, now, nowadays, a lot of people are doing that, but I'll bet 30 years ago, nobody thought like, well, just give away something at a charity. I mean, I, I used to give well, 30 years ago, I was washing cars and I would give away car washes at, at charities. You there know, you like, go. Yeah. Yeah, it was just one of those things. And then, you know, you see someone three times a week for 10 years, they're looking great. And so yeah. then it would be, oh, you look good. Then and before you knew it, you know, business was born. Um, uh, you know, I mean, it's, and it's, you know, I always, you know, ask what, what, what people go in, what they wanted to do when they were growing up. And it's, it's unique that, you know, I mean, you're like the opposite of where you went. Oh, opposite. Yeah. This has absolutely nothing to do with what I originally thought I'd be doing. And what, here's, what's so interesting, you know, people come into your life. I, I call them these little angels. You have no idea the impact they have because I'll never forget here. I was now, uh, you know, 10 years of student loan debt in a field I'm no longer interested in. And, and I just got, I, I knew I wanted health, but I didn't know what direction or anything. And I'll never forget my college roommate calling me up one day and saying, are you bored with your job? I'm like, you have no idea. She said, let's take a class. So I don't even care what it is. Sign me up. She goes, no, let's, let's take like a cooking class. That's fine. And then she calls back and she said, let's take it towards something. Let's be dietitians. And I was like, well, that's a really good idea. I signed up. She never did. But here's the crazy thing. Years later, when my betrayal happened and I was like, that's it. It's my turn. I'm doing something. I'm going back for this PhD. I always wanted to do that. Yeah. Should I go to back for like holistic nutrition? I, I don't know. And I met with a friend and she said, you know, I really want to go back too. She goes, I've been hearing about this transpersonal psychology. So what the heck is that? She tells me the psychology of transformation and human potential. I was like, oh, that sounds great. I signed up. She never did. You know, my, my, my wife's best friend, and now it's it's uh, her, her sister-in-law because she, her best friend ended up marrying her brother. Uh, they have, She has a tattoo, and her sister-in-law was supposed to get the same tattoo and backed out. And, she, and it's in, it's like says friends in Japanese or something. And everybody uh, says, what's that tattoo mean? Because uh-huh. I'm stupid. I, <laughs> I went to get the tattoo, and, and uh, my friend, all uh, right, got talked out of it to talked out of it by her ex-husband now. Because uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm stupid. And I'm like, nah. Uh, Same thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, let's go do that. Uh, okay. I'm not gonna do it now that you did. Yeah. Greatest so. thing though. Greatest thing I could have done. Yeah. It changed, it changed my life. And now thankfully the lives of thousands of others. Yeah. That's the beauty. So I mean, and your 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 whole practice now, you said, is online because of because of the pandemic, which a lot of people went online uh, during the pandemic. Did you ever think you were going to move everything online, or 
we actually moved online before the pandemic and I had a beautiful, uh, the Institute was a beautiful space in New York. And what was so interesting was the local people wanted to be online. So it wasn't even like it was because of the pandemic. And I'm thinking, what the heck am I having this beautiful space for? Everyone wants to be online anyway. And the beauty is now, I mean, we have members in the community from, you know, I mean, everywhere. It's, it's so incredible. We, even one of our uh, coaches who's since now just coaching on her own, she was working within the Institute. She was from Slovenia. I'm like, I don't even know where that is, but the beauty is it's, it's a way that Mm -hmm. everyone can get access whenever they want it from wherever they are. So yeah, yeah, I'm just thinking the price of real estate to lease an office in New York. Are you in the city or were you out on Long Island? I was on Long Island, but still it was a still it's outrageous. Yeah, it yeah. Was. yeah, I just, I mean, cause come on, I ran, you know, I had businesses, I ran in Philadelphia and, and, and Boston and like the price of real estate up there for commercial was outrageous. Ridiculous. Oh, and, and that's besides team and support yeah. and everything else you need. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I, and I've, I mean, since in Texas, I've worked out of my house, this to set you on as my third business out of my house since being here in 20 years. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't imagine having a commercial space. Yeah. Uh, let alone a commercial space in Manhattan through the pandemic mm-hmm. or, or, you know, even anywhere, New York, New England, anywhere like that now. Yeah. But we really thought, you know, there, because this is, this entire business is completely uh, blue ocean. There's nothing like this that exists. So we yeah. thought we needed this physical space, but it turns out we, we don't at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it's working out beautifully. People are finding us and they're, uh, they've been betrayed by a family member, coworker, friend, partner, self. And, uh, they're just they're you know, either through my book trust again, or through my TEDx talks or mm-hmm. through all the podcasts or wherever I'm, you know, I've been on, they just, or, and, you know, referral, they hear about us and, and yeah. they, they get the support they need. Well, I, I, you know, Debbie, I can only imagine being someplace, all right, and and still not, you know, trying to not talk about it, all right, and to go look, search for something like this. I, mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine it, right? I just, I can't, because I, I go out in public, I mm-hmm. meet this guy at Starbucks, I'm not openly talking about this stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's going to come out in my conversation if I met you in public, because yeah. you're going to read that, all right, in me, all right, in the fact that there's damage in the history, Damage always shows it fail, shows its face. Yeah. But I wouldn't know where to do a Google search for this. Yeah. And, and that's the here's the challenge with betrayal. First of all, you're in a club you never wanted to be in. And <laughs> you know, yeah. and at a time where you need support the most, you're the least likely to seek it. And so often the person who's been betrayed is protecting the betrayer because that person is well loved. They don't want to just, you know, cause a whole big ruckus with the family, whatever. And um, and and so it's it's doing way more harm than good because mm-hmm. that that was the reason why I wrote trust again. I was like, at the very least, if they don't want to talk to anybody. You know, because the wrong support does way more harm than good. But if they don't want to talk to anybody, they don't want to seek out support uh, with the right type of community and help, at least, at the very least, they have a book that can literally walk them through the five stages of Betrayal to Breakthrough. That was the third discovery. There are actually five stages we go through uh, if we are to fully heal. The majority of people get stuck in stage three. You may even be one of them. I I could. Let's, Let's go through the stages right now, if you don't mind. 
Sure. So the, the this was mind blowing because now there's a roadmap to heal. Now healing is truly predictable. Mm -hmm. So the first stage is like a setup stage. And if you imagine four legs of a table, the four legs being physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual, what I saw with everybody, me too, was this real heavy lean on the physical and the mental and kind of neglecting the emotional and the spiritual. What does that look like? It looks like we're really good at thinking and doing and not really paying much attention to the feeling and being. That's where our intuition lies. And we turn that down. Anyway, if table has two legs, easy for the table to topple over. That's us. Stage two, by far out of all of the stages, this one is the scariest stage. This is shock, D-Day, Discovery Day. This is like when a person takes a mask off saying, no, no, this is who I've been this whole time. And it's the breakdown of the body, the mind, and the worldview. So right here, you've ignited the stress response. You're headed for every single stress-related symptom, illness, condition, disease. Your mind is in a complete and total state of chaos and overwhelm. You cannot wrap your mind around the information you just learned. This makes no sense. And your worldview is shattered. Your worldview is your mental model. This is how life works. These are the rules. Trust this person. Don't go there. You know, like all the rules that govern, uh, prevent chaos. And in a moment, it's been shattered. The bottom is bottomed out on you. And a new bottom hasn't been formed. It's terrifying. But think about it. If the bottom were to bottom out on you, what would you do? You'd grab hold of anything and everything you could to stay safe and stay alive. That's stage three. Survival instincts emerge. It's the most practical out of all of the stages. If you can't help me, get out of my way. How do I survive this experience? Who can I trust? Where do I go? How do I feed my kids, right? Mm -hmm. Here's the trap though, and this is why this is the most common place to get stuck. Once you've figured out how to survive, because it feels so much better than the shock and trauma of where you just came from, you think it's good. So you're like, okay, all right, we got this. And you start planting roots here. You have no idea there's a stage four and stage five waiting. And four things start happening. The first thing is you start getting all of these small self-benefits. You get your story. You get to be right. You get someone to blame. You get a target for your anger. You get sympathy from everybody you tell your story to. You don't have to do the hard work of learning how to trust again. Should I trust you? Should I trust you? I'm not trusting anybody. And you start planting deeper roots. The next thing that happens is because you're here longer than you need to be, longer than you should be, now your mind starts doing things like, well, maybe you deserved it. Maybe you're not that, all that. Maybe this, maybe that. And you're planting deeper roots. Because like energy attracts like energy, now you're calling people and circumstances and relationships towards you to confirm this is exactly where you belong. It gets worse, but I'll get you out of here. Yeah. Good, good. Uh, please, yeah. please don't leave me stuck here. <laughs> I'll never leave me stuck here. Because this feels so bad, but you have no idea there's anything better, right here is where you resign yourself. You're like, I better figure out a way to just be okay with this because this is as good as it gets. So here's where you start using food drugs, alcohol, work, TV, keeping busy, reckless behavior to numb, avoid, distract yourself from what's so painful to feel or face. So think about it. You do this for a day, a week, a month. Now it's a habit, five years, 10 years, 20 years. And I can see someone, I'm not kidding, 20 years out and say that emotional eating you're doing or that drinking you're doing or that numbing in front of the TV you're doing. Do you think that has anything to do with your betrayal? And they would look at me, Tim, like I'm nuts. And they would say, are you crazy? It happened 20 years ago. All they did was put themselves in a perpetual holding pattern of stage three. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 So anyway, um, if you're willing to let go 
of those small self benefits and everything else you have to grieve, you know, the bunch of things you do, you move to stage four. Stage four is finding and adjusting to a new normal. Here's where you acknowledge, I can't undo my experience, but I can control what I do with it. And mm -hmm. I always use this example of if you've ever moved to a new house office condo apartment, like you, you mentioned that you moved, mm -hmm. you don't, you don't necessarily have everything with you. It's not quite cozy yet, but it's going to be okay. And when you're in this stage mentally, you start turning down the stress response. So you're not physically healing just yet, but you stop causing the massive damage you were causing in stage two and stage three. This is what's so interesting about this stage also. If you were to move, and when you think back to your move, right, you don't necessarily take everything with you. You don't take the things that just you've outgrown, that don't represent the version of you you want to be in that new space. And what I saw was if your friends weren't there for you, if it was that like misery likes company kind of group, whatever, you don't take them with you right here. You just outgrown them. So people say to me all the time, what the heck? I've had these friends 10, 20, 30 years. Is it me? Yes, it is. You're undergoing a transformation and you've simply outgrown these people. Anyway, when you're in stage four, you're making it mentally okay, right? You move into the fifth most beautiful stage. And this is healing, rebirth, and a new worldview. The body starts to heal. Self-love, self-care, eating well, exercise. You didn't have the bandwidth for that earlier. Now you do. Yeah. Your mind is healing. You're making new rules, new boundaries based on your experience. And you have a new worldview based on the road you just traveled. And the four legs of the table, in the beginning, it was just all about the physical and the mental. But this point, we're solidly grounded because we're focused on the emotional and the spiritual too. Those are the five stages. That is awesome. So yeah. Um, and yeah, I, 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 I've seen myself in each one of those stages. Yeah, yeah. And, and people stay, yeah, and people stay in that stage three forever. Yeah. So, yeah. and I remember, I remember being in stage, I went through a life enrichment seminar here in Dallas in 2003. Mm -hmm. That was an eye opener for me. And, um, you know, I, 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 I and, and basically the, the tool that they had to teach me was I had to choose to forgive people. All right. I really, I had to choose to forgive people. And we're not talking like, you know what I mean? Trauma, like you were talking, we're talking like I had to, Dude, he he stepped on your toe when he was when you were when you're in second grade. Did get over yeah. it, right? Forgive. Um, and I was so welcome to adjusting my my this the person leading my group in there tried to put it in a picture form for me. And he said, I want you to pick up these two chairs and hold them. I'm like, yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. So I'm holding these two chairs, no problem. I I just adjusted myself to hold them. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, okay, yeah, this is my new normal. Yeah, whatever. And that that was my life. I would adjust. I would hold. I would, you know, do whatever. And he goes, okay, this isn't working. I've got to get you to get out of this. He's like, come for a walk with me with the two chairs. I, I, I go to sit there. He says, no, no, carry the two chairs. And like, and, I, and immediately we're going through between people and I'm adjusting the chairs and, yeah. and, and he goes, do you not get that this is your entire life? Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. Forgiveness is, I mean, it's, it's brutal, but it's the most, one, you know, one of the most freeing things we can do. And here's the thing too, you know, forgiveness has nothing to do with the other person. Yeah. It's letting go of the power that that pain has over you. And, yeah. and we teach within the Institute, you know, how do you know if it, if it's safe and in your best interest to, cause we should forgive anyway, to, to forgive 
and reconcile or forgive and move on. And like with my family betrayal, it wasn't an option. So here's where you rebuild yourself and yeah. move along. Um, and then we, you know, we also teach if the situation lends itself, if you're willing, if you want to, you can rebuild something potentially entirely new with the person who hurt you. And that's what I did with my husband. So not long ago, we married each other again, uh, which new rings, new vows, new dress, and our four kids is our bridal party. Never in a bazillion years would I have done that if I wasn't totally different, for sure, if he wasn't totally different. Yeah. And, you know, betrayal is the setup for transformation. That's, That's the gift. And I know people say gift in trauma. Yeah, because the old you, the old relationship it's it's leveled yeah yeah and you have the potential to birth something new so i mean and i yeah i get that you know what i mean like uh you know i'm divorced twice and uh you know my wife and i now that i'm i'm with it's like the two of us we were both divorced twice we met Mm-hmm. We like, you know what I mean? Yeah, we're 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 not going to build the way we did last time, you know. <laughs> yeah. Thing. Uh, but like, it's interesting, you know. My first wife, uh, I'm not angry at her anymore. All right, we, I've actually helped her out, as a matter of fact, because yeah. she's the mother of my daughter. I've helped right. her out. All right, my my wife's first husband helped him out. He, you know what I mean? He's come over. He comes over half the time when the kids are here. He comes over with them. Right. And you know what I mean? It's like, it is, it's a whole different relationship. Yeah. And, and that's the opportunity. You know, I talk about this in the, the second TEDx that I did. Do you have post-betrayal syndrome? I talk about the difference between resilience and tra- mm-hmm. and trauma and transformation. And I think this would serve the audience. So resilience is bringing back, restoring, and you, you need that for your everyday. Trauma and transformation, it's a whole different thing. So imagine there's a house mm-hmm. and let's say the house needs a new boiler and you get a boiler. That would be resilience. Let's say it needs a new paint job and you paint. That would be resilience. You're restoring it. You're bringing it back. Here's trauma and transformation. A tornado comes by and levels the house. Yeah. A new boiler's not fixing it and a paint job's not fixing it, right? But here's yeah. the thing. You do have every right to stand there at the lot where your house once stood and say, oh my gosh, this is the worst thing ever. You'd be right. And if you called over everybody, you know, and say, take a look, isn't this horrible? They'd all agree. You have every right until your last breath to kick and scream and cry over the loss of your house. However, if you choose to rebuild, you don't have to, why would you build the same house? Right? Yeah. There's nothing there. Yeah. Why not give it everything the old house didn't have? That's yeah. the potential. Yeah. That, oh, wow, that's a good analogy. I like that. Deb. So, yeah, cool. Well, I mean, I noticed you said you, you, you wrote a book. And I, one of the things I've always found, Debbie, and people writing books, I mean, I did well, I did a couple myself. That's my first one back there. And um, But most people, I think, with a book like this, of how much this is going to impact future generations. Mm-hmm. I have on my desk, because it's one of the books I'm rereading again. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Have you oh, ever seen that book? Yes, I have. <laughs> I Written in 1923, all right? That book is 98 years old. Yeah. And it is still something that Tim Gillette picks up and reads to, to you know what I mean, to learn more. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's it. Your book, when we write a, write a book, we're, we're actually touching future generations with it because we don't know who's going to pick it up. And that's that was the idea. And I've written a few too, but Trust Again was, uh, if you know, well, first of all, it was really when I did this study, mm-hmm. this is essentially my dissertation. And, and even from a time standpoint, I'm like, I have over 250 studies. I spent over 500 plus hours here. It, the math doesn't work if only three people read it, my committee, yeah. you know? So I made it much more reader friendly. And 
the idea is the five stages are mapped out with experiential activities, walking you from one stage to the next, the four step trust rebuilding process. My story, my study participants uh, stories are all in there. So it's, it's the kind of book that you don't read. It's the kind of book you do. Well, that's it. You know what I mean? I, and I've seen a couple of them over the years, the experience type book. And I mean, and I actually, when I did my first book, uh, you know, I mean, I, I sold at a conference yeah. that I had a table at and a lady that I knew picked up a copy and I just was getting the book out to help my business. I really wasn't thinking mm -hmm. about how the people I was helping at the time. I just was like, yeah. my coach said, Tim, write a book. Okay. Did that. Here we go. Yeah. And when I got a call from a lady who said, I read your book on the plane on the way home. And I immediately gave it to my boyfriend when I got home. Uh, and we both want to thank you for, for, for the, the, you know, the seeds you've sown into our life. And I'm like, uh, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't yeah, think of it as highly, yeah. you know, because we don't, you know what I mean? We don't think about things. We just do them. Okay. Yeah, we do it. Yeah. All right. I feel this has to be done. Let me just get it done. That's it. All right. And that was when I did mine, but that's it. You know what I mean, it, that's where I learned this book is going to touch future generations. And that's why this one's always on my desk. Yeah. Almost always. It's because I, I come back to that factor all the time of when I'm dead and gone, the book's still here. That's it. That's it. And, and, and with like with trust again, you know, this is the kind of thing, you know, and it was, it was just, it was an important book for me because mm -hmm. I said, you know, first choice would be to prevent betrayal, yeah, uh, yeah. but, but seeing what it leaves, seeing the cleanup that's left in the wake of mm -hmm. a profound betrayal, you know, when the heart shattered in a million pieces and your sense of safety and security, the most basic things mm -hmm. we need are completely destroyed. Um, you, you know, if I can't prevent it at the very least, let's quickly get someone healed from something that's traumatic. It's, 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 it's so good that you, you know what I mean? You, you've thought that through and, and got that out there and, um, you know, it's, it's putting the tools and you know, putting the tools out there and it, it, yeah, if you could avoid it, avoid it. But if you can't get the help you need. That's oh, it. And yeah. and I see when I see every day within the Institute, people coming in and just just out, being out there, I see that most people are stuck in stage three. So I, I just started working on the next book and I'm hitting that stage three hard. <laughs> cool. 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 Yeah. I love it. So, I, you know, there is a question that I love to ask every guest on my show. Mm -hmm. And Debbie, this goes back to a job I had in 1987 in Tewksbury, Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, I had a boss who gave me advice on how to run the job. Mm -hmm. It turned out to be life advice. And I'm going to tell you that advice. And I'm going to hopefully, you know, you have a story like this of the life advice that you have. Mm -hmm. But mine was that boss said, Tim, I want you to run this part-time job from four o'clock to, to nine o'clock at night like you own this business. Mm -hmm. And since then, Tim learned to take ownership of everything he does in his life. Did someone give you any advice when you were younger? That It may have been, hey, this is just advice to get through the game. And it turned out to life advice for you. You know, this actually, it's going to sound weird. It just showed up in my head one day. And it was something that I've been saying to clients for the last 30 years. You could apply it no matter what the topic is, and it will work. It's a mantra that just works. You insert the topic. You ready? Yeah. Easy now, hard later. Hard now, easy later. Take your pick. It's going to be one of those two. <laughs> And I it's so it. true. And, it, you know, like I remember starting out with health and, and weight loss clients. Easy now. There are the cookies and I want them. Hard later. I can't button my pants. Right. Or hard now. I really like those cookies, but I'm going to have an apple instead. Easy later. Look how great I feel. Yeah. I, regardless of the topic. And I see with so many people who are stuck, 
who are struggling, it's because very often they're taking that easy now. Yeah, exactly. Easy now, easy now. I'm going to numb, avoid, distract myself. I'm not thinking about it. I'm not going to look at it. Hard later. There it is. Well, we see that. Uh, we're seeing that now with our, our current generation of kids coming up. So many of them are picking the easy now. And 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 unfortunately, yeah. we have to learn that. They'll have to relearn that later. So mm-hmm. it's interesting because you say that because it's one of like I have I do this thing in my speech is called four guarantees to life. Mm-hmm. And uh, like my number two is I guarantee you're going to do something you don't like. Yeah. So why not go do the things you don't like now to get the job done so you can do the things you like later? Exactly. And it's the same concept. I love it. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's just we we avoid we don't like being uncomfortable, but yeah. the only way, only way out the other side is through it. I will do today the things people won't so I can live tomorrow the life that others won't, others can't. And that's I remember that from my, you know, network marketing days, you uh-huh. know. I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know. Um, so interesting, you know, it's been a great having you on the show, Deb. Oh my god, so oh, much information. What is the best website that people get a hold of you? I, you I know, th- they should go right to the PBT. The PBT is in post-betrayal transformation. The pbtinstitute.com forward slash quiz. This yeah. way they could take the post-betrayal syndrome. Yeah, so yeah, the quiz is right on there. All right. right there. Yeah. All right. Is the quiz, if they just go to the main site, is there a button right there with the quiz? They'll see take quiz. And I, I really recommend that because they will see exactly what they're struggling with, like symptoms where they're like, oh, I thought, you know, I, it's because of stress. It's because of aging. No, it's not. It's because of your unhealed betrayal. Ah, uh, wow. Wow. Interesting. So, well, it's been interesting hearing this information today. All right. And finding out about you because you are one of the coolest people on the planet because you've been on my show. <laughs> <laughs> Good to but, know. Yeah. But before you go, all right, I have a little game. I've outlined nine questions, this or that, that you get to play. Are you ready to play a game I'm, with me? I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. My number one question I ask everybody is Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. Star Wars. Like, 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 have you, are you still into the newer ones or no? No, just the old ones. The old ones? All right. No, I, I know I've kind of liked the, the, the most recent, like the last Jedi type one. Yeah, now, I like that one too. Is but but that that middle range that came out in the early two thousands, we can skip that altogether. I'm stuck in the eighties, seventies, wherever. <laughs> Are you a seventies girl or an eighties girl? I am seventies. Yeah. Okay, so I wake up every morning too because I have this automated music in my condo to the Sticks channel. Oh, love that. I had, I actually had my <laughs> picture taken with sticks a couple of years ago. I have a really cool picture. If you look on my Facebook of me oh, taking wow. the sticks and funny. like I, they said, you can do any photo you want with the band as a cool photo. And right. I just said to the guys, this is, I'm going to do this. Uh-huh. And you guys all point to me like I'm the rock star uh, and they did it. And, cool. uh, um, Todd Zuckerman, the drummer said to me, that's the coolest, that's the coolest freaking photo we've ever done. <laughs> with somebody." I'm like, Good. It's an experience for all of us. So yeah. My next question, I'm going to go into some co- clothing options for you, New York girl. Heels or boots? Uh, boots. Boots? Like, you know what I'm talking because I'm from Texas now. Boots, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I mean, heels definitely have a place, but I just like boots. You want to, you just want to put on that, that sort of, you know, tough guy kind of thing. Boots just do the job. Yeah. yeah. I've got like a collection of tons of cowboy boots and you know, Western boots. That's what I'm into. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> Uh, how about dress up or yoga pants? Uh, you know, never, ever, ever do I wear yoga pants. Yeah. I think it's been the secret of me maintaining within like a 10 pound range since I'm 18. Yeah. So whatever the other choice was, it's jeans. It's jeans every day. 
I wear jeans and dress shirts. I have for years. And it's like, yeah. I knew Zig personally. Zig Ziglar told me, Tim, don't get a suit. This is what you need to dress as. And I'm yeah. like, okay. You yeah. said so, Zig. I'll take your word for it. I'm going to take it. <laughs> you have to be comfortable, right? Because otherwise you don't sound right. You don't look right. You don't walk right. Yeah. I actually have it in my contracts that I speak in jeans because I went in one time to a uh, country club mm -hmm. and I don't have dress pants. And they said, you have to have dress pants to come in. I'm like, I'm the speaker today. And I'm like, yeah, I couldn't speak because I didn't have pants, right? <laughs> uh, so now I have it in my contract that if I, if I can't wear jeans to speak and that happens again, they have to pay me. Wow. I, I Yeah, I learned that lesson one time. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. Yep. So I'm going to move on to food products. All right. I know you, uh, you know, you grew up same part of the country as me. So let's see if you have the same thinking of me. Hamburger or taco? Oh, tacos. Tacos? All right. I'm a hamburger guy, but I live in the South and love the tacos down here. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, I grew up with burgers, but I, yeah. I think I just got so sick of them. All right. Here we're going to tell whether you're really a New Yorker or a Californian. Okay. Beer or wine? I don't drink. You don't if drink? I did, it would be wine. Uh, I guess some people I ask the question about which which whiskey or moonshine. All right. You know what I mean? <laughs> My grandfather made moonshine. So, oh, yeah. boy. Yeah. No, I don't drink. You know why? Because I love chocolate and there's just not room, in, you know. For yeah. There, the, chocolate goes with certain things. You know what I mean? There's certain things go with certain things. I did learn that in my years of working for Starbucks of flavor. Right. So um, how about how about which band from the 60s is better? Beatles or Stones? Stones. Stones. Oh, I figured you for a Stones girl. I don't know why. Yeah, not a Beatles girl. Yeah. I, I was going to try to pick a 70s band, but I figured I wanted to go back to the 60s because like they were more iconic. Anyway. Yep. Um, how about you're riding in your car? Are you listening to a podcast or music? Um, or podcast. books? And, huh? But yeah, podcast? Audible. I was going to say that's my number one. I'm listening to an Audible. Yeah, I, I'm kind of balanced. I was listening during the pandemic. I started listening to podcasts mm -hmm. uh, when I, but but my ride was from here to Starbucks and back. That's all I did for a year and a half. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I love audio. I would rather mm -hmm. listen to audio now than music half the time. So yeah. Now my controversial ones to close out. In your house, does the mm -hmm. toilet paper go over on the roll or under? However it lands. <laughs> we, we, you know, we like don't sweat the small stuff. <laughs> as like, long as someone puts it on, I'm happy. Oh, no. Uh, Debbie, I've had people on here are like the most woo woo, um, you know, rainbows, unicorns, love. Why can't we all get along? And you ask that question and like fangs come out. And wow. Like, what happened to like, let's go get along there. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Not really something that I sweat over. No. Yeah. So my last one could be controversial. And yes, I still ask the ladies and that is boxers or briefs. Boxers or briefs. 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 Okay. So yeah, I actually asked that to a guy one time and we had a, we ended up the podcast ended up going on 30 minutes talking about what underwear we like to wear. Right. Only but, you I, know, it's really those boxer briefs. So it's kind of both. So, yeah, you know, what, just to what, confuse you. I've gotten down to too. My wife, like she says, yeah, they look cuter on you too. And I'm like, okay, honey, if you think so, I'll wear them. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you say, honey. That's it. <laughs> happy wife is a happy life. Yep. Yep. So. Well, uh, you know, Debbie, it's been great having you on the show. Uh, what, why don't you tell the website one more time for people both audio and video can hear it. Absolutely. Thank you. It's the PBT, as in post-betrayal transformation, thepbtinstitute.com forward slash quiz. That'll bring you right to the quiz. But either way, just go to thepbtinstitute.com and you'll see everything. Thank you.
Thank you so much, Debbie, for taking time out of your schedule today. All right, come here to share with our audience and our community. We appreciate you uh, for sharing. Thank with you us for the opportunity. Hours. Yeah. So, uh, and, and I, I hope to I hope to see you again. So that's. <laughs> thank you. Uh, to you, the listener, I want to thank you guys for tuning in today. Go check out the pbtinstitute.com and do the slash quiz. Take the quiz and find out about you. Check out Debbie and everything she's doing out there, both in New York and California, because she's just a cool dude. All right. You got to <laughs> check her out. In the meantime, I thank you for listening. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel as well as where you get your podcast. I'll be back real soon with another awesome, cool person to interview. I'm Tim Gillette. See you guys next time. Have a great day. Bye.